Hi, and welcome to the I Crush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. This is a very, very special episode for me. I get the great honor to interview and welcome back one of my buddies to the barbecue scene. You see, Brian Furman was on top of the culinary world in 2019. He finished as a semi-finalist for a James Beard Award and just been named as one of America's best new chefs by Food & Wine magazine. Also, Bon Appetit had dubbed him Georgia's new king of barbecue. And just as all the stars seemed to have aligned for Brian, it happened. During an overnight cook at his main location in the neighborhood of uh, Riverside in Atlanta, a fire broke out and in minutes destroyed what he worked so hard to build. It's been just over two years since that fateful night, and through his hard work and determination, Brian is now ready to make his highly anticipated return to the culinary world. This is just the beginning of the comeback story for Brian. This is Brian Furman Barbecue. I hope you enjoy the show. My good buddy Brian Furman with Brian Furman Barbecue. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on, man? I'm I'm doing fine. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great, man. This is a long time coming. I know we've talked about it for quite a while, but uh, I appreciate you jumping on. I know you're a busy man. Oh man, I told you uh, that I was going to do it once I was ready, and that you'd be the first one to bring it out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate it, man. So. Um, man, we'll we'll jump right in. I know we have a lot to cover. Uh, you have a lot of great things happening, but um, you know, I'd like to start way back. Um, actually, so when you and I first met was about three or four years ago um, at an event in in Austin. You had come down for an event, and uh, we had been chatting before that because I listened to you on. Uh, Tells from the pits, and I just man, I connected with you. You have this, there, you have something about you, man, that uh, you talk about the truth and you talk about your culture and how you want people in your culture to succeed and, and how you'll go to great lengths to make sure that people do that. Uh -huh. um, and uh, man, you just connected with me, and I think I pinged you that night. I, I was like, man, I want, I gotta meet this guy, so I pinged you that night. And uh, and then met you in person at that event. And, uh, man, you're you're everything that uh, that I thought you would be. You're, you're just a, a generous, uh, humble man and a very talented individual. So. Um, so anyway, that's that's how we met. Um, but I'd like to kind of start um, a little bit with your backgrounds for for folks. If you if you hadn't listened to that episode on Tales from the Pits, I recommend you do. There's some really good information. Um, so we'll cover a little bit about uh, the past that was kind of covered on that. And then okay. we'll kind of go into where we are now. So um, okay. first of all, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um, and what got you into cooking? Well, I'm, I was, um, I'm from South Carolina, actually. Cassett, South Carolina is right outside of Camden. Right. Like 30 minutes, a little small 
the small country towns like 35, 40 minutes from Columbia, uh, east of Columbia. Um, and so just growing up there, my grandparents had a pig farm. And so I learned how to cook at an early age, you know, with my mom. Um, I believe it, I was four years old. I used to love grilled cheese sandwiches. And my mom had me in the kitchen at four making grilled cheese sandwiches, you know. So, like, I learned a lot of my things. I learned I learned from my grandma, my mom, and my dad. And um, so, you know, we were raised pigs and chickens and all that stuff. Grandma out there gardening and everything. So I kind of just grew up from that background of doing those things at an early age. Um, and then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where my dad was trying to get a better job. So we moved to Charlotte when I was nine. And once we got to Charlotte, it was a whole different lifestyle. Um, and, you know, I just it was more of a city. I didn't like it. You know, um, a couple of weeks I started school. I was in the fifth grade. A couple of weeks I started school. I started having seizures. So I have epilepsy. Actually, a lot of people don't know I have epilepsy. Um, so that's why a lot of times I speak. I speak on like helping the handicap because I'm handicapped. I could be drawing a check, but that's not me. That's not who I am. You know, um, I used to play baseball. So my mom had to take me out of baseball due to my seizures. So I kind of had like that little kind of sports. That's why I'm a skinny dude, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's why I got this figure. But, you know, like my my um, my drive and my passion has always been cooking. And so, you know, I always wanted to open a barbecue joint um, my whole life, you know. Uh, and my dad just was always telling me, like, when he go on trips, he would always bring back barbecue. He'd be like, ah, this barbecue tastes okay. And so every time my dad would go out of town to do work, when he would come back, he'd be like, hey, I got some barbecue from this place. I got some barbecue from that place. So that was just something that we always did. And as, as I started welding, um, and I got laid off in 2011, 2012, I was like, you know what? I want to open me a barbecue joint. And what drove that was my daughter was born in 2009. And for her first birthday party, I cooked my first whole pig myself. And that was my daughter's first birthday. And then it was like, I just went batshit crazy after that about barbecue and was trying to cook, trying to cook everything. I didn't want to be a barbecue joint that just knew how to cook one meat. Um, I wanted to learn how to cook different meats. And I didn't want you to be the person to be like, hey, go there and get the chicken, but don't get the ribs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to be that kind of place. Um, so I just, I remember I was at my parents' house and um, I told my mom and dad, I was like, hey, before I got laid off this job, I went and took some barbecue to work and everybody's like, hey man, this barbecue is good. So I go out, tell my mom and dad, I was like, hey man, I'm about to open a meal barbecue joint. And my dad <laughs> said something that stuck with me. He mm -hmm. said, what's going to make me come to your place and if I got to go past Jim and Nick's. He was like, what's going to be different about you that's going to make me want to come to your place? Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm. It's like, I went in my room. My dad was always big on the quality of meats from like a young age about like the meats you put in your body, the food you put in your body. So that's why growing up, we never ate hamburger helper. I, my aunts and them used to cook it. But now that my mom's like, we're going to the grocery store, mom's like, I'm not buying that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that craft macaroni and cheese, like stuff we wanted to eat. I'm like, man, so I really didn't get my first, like, I cooked my first hamburger helper when I was like 15, when I had a grocery store job. I went and bought my own pack and cooked it. And I'm like, oh, I see why she ain't cooked this. You can't eat it after, <laughs> once, it get, once it gets cold, it's, it's gone. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like. Just learning those those values of what my parents was instilling in me at a younger age that I 
I realized and grew as I grew older what they were instilling in me and what they were teaching me. And so I go in the room and I was like, how am I going to be different? And I used to look at Bizarre Foods all the time. And Andrew Zimmerman was on there and he was in Charleston somewhere and they had these also about island pigs. And I'm like, also about island pigs? What's that? So I Googled up best tasting, best tasting pork. Koshan 5.5 popped up. And I'm like, heritage breed pigs? Went, typed that in. It was like 12 or 13 popped up on the screen. So I'm like, hmm. So I went and I Googled barbecue restaurants using heritage breed pork. Zero popped up. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I go back in the kitchen. I tell my mom and dad, I was like, I'm going to raise heritage breed pigs and I'm going to cook all my sides from scratch. My mom and dad just bust out laughing. It was like, you can't do that. It was like, barbecue, <laughs> people just focus on the meats. Yeah. That's why the sides taste like, my mom say, crap. She was like, because they buy the sides out of a can. And I was like, well, that's what's going to make me different. My mom was like, you can't do that. And so just like me being a Capricorn, me, that being my drive, like somebody telling me I can't do something, I'm like, okay, all right. And so I remember I moved to Savannah. Um, that was like, that was 2011, 2012. I moved to Savannah, Georgia. I had $120 in my pocket. I caught a bus to Savannah and for a welding job. And my cousin told me to move down there. And I told him, I was like, hey, when I got down there in June, May, I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to give me some land, I'm going to raise me some pigs, and I'm going to open a barbecue joint. He just kind of looked at me like, what? That was Yeah, because, like, that's, that's far-fetched. Like, no one can do this thing. Mm -hmm. But you, you had that, <laughs> that mindset. October, by October that same year, I had just signed a deal on my first barbecue restaurant. God. So I actually was supposed to open my first restaurant, um around may 2013 wow. and you know me not never working in the restaurant industry working at bojangles you know in 11th grade just to get some new shoes just to get some extra shoes and put money in my pocket like that ain't no restaurant so mm -hmm. you know that's my only restaurant experience so um what i did was i just went on ahead and didn't even call the health department i was like all right this need to be fixed at this restaurant this need to be fixed boom 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 and called the health department. It was like, do you know it's like some septic tanks out here on the property that's caved in? I'm like, what? <laughs> so I just spent all this money that I lost. <laughs> and, oh, and so then that's what took a little time. But I learned the knowledge. That's why I learned the knowledge about making mistakes. Like you make that mistake one time, don't make it again. Right. So then, all right, before I sign a lease on this place, before I even check it out, go to the health department, call the health department. Like, hey. And I use this place for a barbecue joint because if I can't put no smokers out there, if I can't get this or that in a third, I don't need to be talking to these people. Mm -hmm. And that, that, but that was a Smart, mistake. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's how it all started, really. And then, um, 2014, I quit my job, opened a 450 square foot spot, and like, you know, like the rest is history from there, man. Like that's where the drive, the momentum, and you know me bringing something different um, to barbecue. Did you start raising pigs or like? Yeah, what? man, I had, man, I had like nine different breeds, man. I, <laughs> oh my was, God. Yeah. yeah, my grandparents raised pigs, man. I, I know how to slaughter them, bust them, bust them down, break, separate the parts. Wow. Yeah, I know how to do all that. So the, 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 the thing about it was, it was kind of like that year, 
I was saving all my money and all the money that I was making at my job, I'd be going mm-hmm. buying pigs with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was buying pigs with my money, like my extra money. I'm buying pigs with it. Um, Christmas you're, time you're coming around, my mom, and I'm like, my mom's like, hey, Brian, what you want for Christmas? I'm like, hey, I seen these two uh, sows I need to get. They in Florida. Could you get me them for Christmas? <laughs> like, that's... That's man, how it, that is so cool. Yeah, it, it went to the point that every time when my birthday came around, hey, what you want for your birthday? Hey, I want some pigs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's how it started. And I started from like 13, and then next thing you know, I had 80, and then after 80, I had 100 and something. And then, so it's just like, man, like to me, I felt like it being authentic. Um, that's who I was. That was the vision I had, and you know, I never got off that path. You know what I'm saying? I never gave up on my, my, my vision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you were in your thirties, you were welding at the time you had a totally different career. And then you just decided, you know what, I'm just going to jump into this barbecue business because you brought some barbecue to work. (laughs) I was was selling it at work. Yeah. Selling it at work, man. I felt like that rapper who used to sell CDs, you know, out the trunk of his car. Yeah. You know, I was pulling up to work with coolers with like 80 to 100 plates, selling <laughs> plates at work. And <laughs> and I used to be telling people that all the time. And my friend Cornelius Brown, he was he was a laser operator that worked next to me. He was like, man, you're going to be a celebrity one day. And I was like, what? And he was like, man, I'm just looking at how this is going with you selling, how you doing this barbecue. And I used to always talk to him at work about like, I would write everything down. Like I have a journal, like. Like a lot of people thinking, Brian, I ain't heard nothing from Brian Furman in two years. There's a reason they ain't heard nothing from me in two years. But Brian Furman been jotting stuff down. Brian Furman been plotting. Brian Furman still working. So that's why I can affluently like just talk to you. Like I've been doing this because I still think about it every day. Like Brian Furman barbecue, I got on the shirt. Like yeah. things have been. I've been doing things just that you know what I'm saying. I never like to be the guy to put it out there. It's kind of like I like to wait to the last minute to let everybody know stuff. Yeah, and so, <clears throat> so you open your restaurant. All of a sudden, you're you're getting this, all of this success, uh, all mm-hmm. this notoriety, all of these awards, and and best barbecue, and um, best new chef by Food and Wine magazine, and uh, you know, Food and Drink says best of Atlanta. You know, so you got all of this momentum. You got all of this. I think at the time that I met you, you were, you were also, uh, in a, in a, the basketball stadium. Yeah, I'm still, uh, mm-hmm. okay. And, and you had a lot of stuff going on. And then of course you had some unfortunate event where you had, um, your restaurant that burned down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, like what happened to Brian Furman, you know, like where, where's he been? Right. Yeah. So can you kind of walk us through, um, you know, what happened? I know you, you rose to success. Um, and it wasn't a quick, it wasn't a quick rise. Like you said, you, you did it nine years ago and it took a lot of work, but you got to, to basically the top, right? You, you were shining right whenever this accident happened, right? Yeah, man. So, I, I opened five barbecue joints in four years. You know what I'm saying? Like geez. a lot of people ain't knew that. Um, I didn't open my first barbecue joint to 2014. So actually, I haven't even been, I've been missing for two years, you know? So mm-hmm. I was just going back when I started. So I didn't quit my job to October, 2014. And then, you know, so 2014 to 
2019 before the fire, I had opened five spots. Um, so in that short amount of time, that's why it was funny when uh, Andrew, uh, or Andrew no I think it's Andrew Noman from Bon Appetit. He used to be at Bon Appetit. I think he's down in Houston or Austin now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they did that Georgia barbecue thing, and he he called me, he was like, I seen the article come out, and it was like. Brian Furman, King of Georgia Barbecue. I called him I was like, yo, man, what you trying to do, man? You trying to put like a bullseye on my head or something, calling me the King of Georgia Barbecue? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, in the short amount of time, like, honestly, he was like, who's did what you did in these past four years as fast as you did it? And I was like, well, I ain't look at it that way, you know? He was like, I said it. You didn't say it. I said it. He said, and if somebody got something to say about it, let them contact me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. I left it alone. <laughs> you know, um, I'm never the one to like, so I honestly did a lot of things in a short amount of time. And so this time around, I have the momentum and drive like, shoot, if I open five and four years, imagine what I could do now. Mm-hmm. The knowledge and not making the same mistakes and learning so many things. I learned things from so many different people. Like, I don't feel like I'm a guy that know more than anybody. Like, I, a, a younger guy come into me and show me something different. I'm, if, it, if that process he's doing is better than what I'm doing, I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's just you have to have that 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 humbleness in you to not not to be too humble to where it can kill you. But you got to be humble enough to where other people don't feel like you're better than them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, don't give off that vibe that, oh, I'm better than this dude because we all the same. We put our drawers on all the same. Like. That's how that's how I look at it. You know, people used to see me living in the same neighborhood across the street from my restaurant and I'd be standing at the light. Maybe like I remember one guy, he pulled my he was like, man, you a humble motherfucker, man. And I was like, huh? He was like, bro, are you walking? I was like, this is my neighborhood. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, like he was like, nah, man. He was like, I'm just saying like a lot of people forget where they come from. Right. That's something that my grandma taught me at a, a, a young age. Like, never forget where you come from. And I don't forget where I come from. So. I think that's why I like the way I move and the way I talk to people and I treat everybody the same. I deal with the people that I deal with. I don't deal with everybody, you know, and it's just keep your circle small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask because I know you're very passionate about your culture and your community and wanting, uh, you know, the the youth also to uh, to advance. And, and I know we talked about um, the way that you do business. You the people that work for you are invested in your business because they're part of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you're going to continue doing with, uh, with Brian Furman barbecue? I'm gonna have a lot more. I'm gonna have a lot more things I'll be bringing that I'm doing different with Brian Furman barbecue. Like, um, like it's, it's so many things that I wanted to do with beach crackling that uh, when I wanted to help out with it and things and envisions that I had, they didn't get implemented, you mm-hmm. know, and to me, like I said, I've always wanted to train um, young black men, young black women, how to be pit masters, mm-hmm. how to open a barbecue joint, um, how to how to do all these things because you don't nobody else showing you that. Like a lot of people don't even realize they took economics out of school. E- economics helped me out. E- economics helped me de- decide. And I ain't go to no class college. Like, I'm surprised I graduated high school. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's, it's funny, like, economics helped me out to the point to where when I'm going to 
look at a location, I'm going to look at the demographics. What's the average income in this area? I'm not going to come to an area that ain't making no money. Mm-hmm. It don't make sense. But I'm going to go to a community because if I go to a community, I'm going to support schools. I'm going to support the neighborhood teams. I'm going to support the neighborhood. Because mm-hmm. when you do that, that community is going to support you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in business don't even think this way. A lot of guys, once I open into that Riverside neighborhood, which I promise I'll be back. You know, when I reopen, I'll be back. So they hearing it from me to you the first time, I'll be back in Riverside neighborhood. You know, awesome. Um, I keep in my promise. <laughs> yeah. You know, and be a man of your word. So it's just what I was saying about teaching the kids is kind of like sometimes kids ain't ready for that, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've learned that with my son. My son's 18. He's been in he's been in the kitchen with me since he's been 12. Mm-hmm. But I had to also understand and see it. OK, I can't leave this for him because he's going through that phase that I don't went through. Nobody couldn't tell me nothing at 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So what I have to do is I have to treat him like a regular employee. And maybe by the time he's 25, he'll catch on to it. And then he'll yep. be like, hey, dad, you was trying to tell me this when I was 18. You know, mm-hmm. so. It's, it's just all the mindset of the kid and of the, of the person. Because you have some adults that's all like, that are like that. Yeah. That you have to babysit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's not just kids. It's also other adults that I'm trying to put on. There's other pit masters I'm putting on. You know, it's kind of like, it's not, as I have a saying, that it's not about me, it's about us. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's bigger than Brian Frank. <laughs> and Yeah, and... And I know that you're speaking from the heart when you say that. I've known you for a long time and we text back and forth and we've had some some good conversations. And yeah, I, I know that you speak from the heart when you say that. And and yeah. I, I think what you're doing is you're passing that wisdom that your dad gave to you, you know, way back when, you know, when he asked you that question, you know, you're passing that on to uh, to all of the, the next generation. And like you said, even even adults, you know, even adults that that uh, maybe have have lost their way or never found their way you're you're helping them out so that's incredible man keep yeah, keep man. doing that work <laughs> I, 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 I honestly i want to admit something I, like I'm, I'm gonna do it if i if i mess something up i'm gonna admit it to it but yeah i remember when i first opened my barbecue joint i was like this this go mr roy told me down in savannah he was like anybody come through those doors tell you how to change this if they not listen to what you're saying Get them out of here because if that was the case, you'd be working for them. And I was like, this is, 20, this is 20, 2015, 2014. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I had that mentality like when I first started. Mm-hmm. Like, you ain't coming here telling me how to do this. You're not coming here telling me how to do that. Then I looked at the founder in 2016. And I sat there and I was like, McDonald's brothers let a dude come in and take over their business. And he was selling milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Like, how you let somebody come in, take over your business, and then you think about, oh, their mindset. It's, it's got to be my way. This is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that movie, like how I, I looked at that movie over and over. I took notes out of that movie when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll never be the McDonald's brothers. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll never be the McDonald's brothers because that handicapped them. Yeah. They didn't see the bigger picture. And my problem was, in 2013, I remember telling my, my ex-wife, Nikki, this. I said, I'm going to be 10 years ahead of everybody else. She was like, what you mean by that? I said, I'm going to be 10 years ahead of everybody else. 
And then after stuff started building, she was like, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like what you're doing, the, the, the path you're, 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 you're building, like the roads you're taking. That's why I would say I'm in my own lane because it's like who's in the NBA arena, black owned in the NBA arena, Kroger, how many spots I built, I built them five and four years. Like I was ahead of everybody else and I was doing this all with no investors. Man, like, we had crazy. no, we had nobody else giving me money to build anything. They, nobody else owned a percentage of that business. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing now with Brian from a barbecue. I'm a hundred percent owner. Wow. I ain't got investors. And so that's what I was trying to teach when I speak on teaching business. And it's not just one race. Of course, I'm going to take care of my people. I'm going to look out for my people because I feel like my people have been whitewashed on a lot of things, but that's not for me to speak on. I don't get into politics like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I have to sit back and look at how many people has helped me out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not going to be in that situation where I'm not, I'm going to look down on this guy. I'm going to look down on that guy. I was just speaking uh, on a Zoom call the other day and I was telling him, I was like, I want to help out all races, all mm-hmm. cultures. Because we all have these these problems and there's nobody to show us the way out. So if I can sit here and I can show all these cultures how to open businesses, how to be a part of Brian Furman Barbecue, how to have their own restaurant, how to train pit masters, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. Like with these classes, I'm putting together my classes. I'm putting together my smokers. I was a welder. Why don't I build my own smokers? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like. I have people reach out to me, hey, buy a smoker, spend ten, fifteen thousand for a smoker. Well, I'm gonna spend ten or fifteen thousand dollars for a smoker when I'm giving your brand more business by using your smoker. Because when I go mm-hmm. use it, what you're gonna do? You're gonna go take a picture and say, oh, Brian Furman using my shit. Mm-hmm. Where I have learned in these years, give me that smoker and you can use me. Mm-hmm. My attorneys taught me that. If if you're not gonna give me a smoker, I ain't buying no smoker from you. Because yeah. If I do spend that money on that smoker, you still ain't going to go put my picture up on your website saying I bought one from you. Now you're using my brand to support your brand. To me, it's got to be a two-way street. And I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of these things is not a two-way street when it comes to business. It's it's a one-way street. The smokers smokers and the the barbecue guys are the guys out here putting these smokers out here and the world finding out about these smokers. Like, these guys ain't becoming popular because chefs buying these buying these smokers right i mean that's just how i feel about that you know what I'm yeah saying? yeah so, it makes sense i mean that's that's a business mentality right there of course you I know mean, like i, I mean hey I, 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 I remember right before i opened in the Hawks arena i met this guy when i did memphis in may i rented a smoker i let rashad from big lee's big lee's cooked on it. i was like man that's a bad smoker so i bought five of them Mm-hmm. My buddy Howard Conyers knew what was going on. Howard Conyers was like, "Yo, Brian." I was like, "Yo, Howard, this is a big opportunity." I was like, "Dang, I ain't right now. I'm I'm doing this restaurant. I'm spending all this money to do this Hawks, putting this Hawks things together." I'm like, "Man, I ain't got all this money right now." My boy Howard Conyers dropped the fifteen thousand dollars and paid for, and I bought five smokers. I paid him back, but that's the type of person I am to let to give credit where credit due. Like mm-hmm. he didn't have to do that. Yeah. And that's that's the part of like supporting brothers and supporting each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, Brian, he was like, man, I appreciate you always talking about that. He was like, you know, I appreciate that. You know, I say, Howard, I'm not a credit taker, bro. I was like, if it weren't for you, 
I would have still been in there, but I've been up all night cooking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I said, you made it possible. And that right there just goes to show that, like, don't forget who helped you out in business as well and who teach you these types of things. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's one of the big things. A lot of people are credit takers, you know, they, everybody wants credit for everything, you know, just like, why can't you just do your thing, help each other out and not, you know, not worry about that, you know, like, yeah, who cares? Man. Hey man, it's, <laughs> and, and that's the thing about it. Like I came in and I always said it and I'm saying from the, the day I die, you know, everybody's like, hey, you cook Texas style barbecue? Like, no, nah, I cook my barbecue. Mm -hmm. I cook my style. My yeah. barbecue ain't South Carolina style. My barbecue ain't Texas style. And like, I didn't even used to cook brisket. Mm -hmm. And uh, Miss Brenda, that's why my brisket is called Brenda's Brisket. Everybody thought that um, Brenda was my mom. Uh -huh. But my ex-wife, um, when she was a property manager, it was a lady named Brenda Buck. She, uh, I was cooking a whole hog one, one Saturday. And Miss um, Brenda was like, hey, will you cook me a brisket? And I was like, I don't cook that. She was like, you don't cook brisket? I was like, nah, that ain't me. I don't cook that. We don't cook that on the side, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> and in the east side, like, we don't cook that over here. And so she was like, man, would you please cook me a brisket? So I went to the store, bought a prime brisket, put salt and pepper on it, because my dad always was like, you, on the steak, you put salt and pepper. My dad's been like, you want a taste of meat. That's why my meats and the quality of them, I don't have them seasoned down and have them sauced up. You put your own sauce on it, but I want you to taste the meat. Mm -hmm. And so I put salt and pepper on it and I put it on the other side of the pig and I just let it slow cook, slow cook. And it came out like perfect. And I was like, damn. So when she got it, she called me. She said, she was like, baby, I'm from Austin, Texas. She was like, that's some of the best damn brisket I ever ate. And I had just opened. And when I opened, she came. I remember I had this picture. She came and she had all these bags for her staff. And she every Friday, I was open Friday through Sunday. She was there buying bags of food, you know. And December, she passed away. Found out she had cancer, lung cancer. Mm -hmm. And she never told anybody about it. And after that day, that's when I started serving brisket. And so, like, a lot of people be like, hey, man, you serve Texas brisket? I'm like, no, nah, that's my brisket. Like, a lot of people don't know the story behind my brisket. Mm -hmm. Like, I brisket on my menu because that's what Texas do. Mm -hmm. I put brisket on my menu for Miss Brenda. Yeah. So, like, everything that goes on at Brian Furman Barbecue has a story. And my issue is my stories are real. They're not, they're not made up stories and fake stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... so I want to ask the question. I'm sure everybody's wondering. Everybody wants to ask the question, but spit it out. Spit it out. All right. So I could talk, talk today, man. All right. All right. So <laughs> what, what what happened to bees crackling? I mean, you were on a you were on a high. You were you were crushing it. Um, I know there was a fire. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and then Brian Furman disappeared. In a lot of people's eyes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what happened to bees? Why is it a shift to Brian Furman's barbecue now? Um, so what happened with bee with a fire happened, and I call the fire a blessing in disguise. And mm -hmm. before I speak on that, and I believe that blessing in disguise because I remember when my first place caught fire, the Coca-Cola machine exploded. 
That's a crazy story. Coke machine exploded. And from them overcharging it, everybody's like, man, you ain't sue Coke. I'm like, man, I ain't had no money to sue them people. Like, let that shit ride. I get Pepsi. That's my way of getting back. I ain't, yeah. put, I ain't putting Coke in my Savannah location. I'm putting Pepsi in there. That's my way to get back at them. You know, it was, it was like um, the fire was a blessing in disguise. And honestly, that year we had just got nominated for the beer. We had just got food and wine. We, and we had never used to cook overnight like that. And I had just started cooking overnight once food and wine and the beer thing started coming through. Mm-hmm. So it was like taking off. Actually, it's funny. I got 2019 right here tatted on me. I, I, I put me and uh, Chef Kwame when it got that done. Like that was like my biggest year, mm-hmm. not only um, for all that, but, you know, me finding out personal issues and stuff like that. And that was a blessing in disguise for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rodney Scott told me this. He called me right after it burned down. And I had only met Rodney maybe once or twice. And um, I went inside of the store. And when I went in the store, uh, my ex-wife was like, hey, Rodney just called your phone. And I was like, oh, okay. So I grabbed my phone. I called him. He was like, man, that's the best thing that could have happened to you. I put the phone away from my head. Like, what the hell did he just say? Like, how did this dude just tell me that's the best thing that happened to me? <laughs> and I was like, okay, really? It was? Like, all right. Okay. It was the best thing that happened to me. And then when I met him. Uh, we had did an event and he was like, you know what I meant by that, right? He was like, when that fire happened, everybody found out who you was. Mm-hmm. He's like, because that's what I went through. I went through that fire. Mm-hmm. When I went through that fire, everybody found out about Rodney. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I didn't think about that. You know? Um, yeah. I just was looking at it like, man, how are you going to tell me, man? That's how I paid the bills. That's how I took care of my family. Um, but this time it was a blessing in disguise. And going through some personal issues. Um, it was time for us to separate. I didn't want to be a part of Bees Crackling anymore. I didn't want to want my name associated with Bees Crackling anymore. Um, I went and got my face back. Um, uh, so it's the same logo, just different face. It's just same yeah. logo, different name. Yeah, so I went and got my name. <laughs> I went and got my stuff back. I got my rights. <laughs> yeah. Um, you need to learn about that in business, getting your trademark and license and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> get that done first. Get that get that attorney and all that paperwork done before you go do anything else. Um, but no, uh, it's just it was best for me to build what I've been wanting to build from day one. And uh, I just had to get my stuff done and, you know, make my moves mm-hmm. under covers and, you know, just do what I'm doing and don't be out here posting and doing things like that, because to be honest with you, like, we would have been, whew, I was already tired, so we would have been batshit crazy. We would have been batshit busy if that restaurant would have been still open. Mm-hmm. And it was other moves in place, like, it was other deals coming behind those mm-hmm. that was going to put even more pressure on me. And I was just looking at, like, man, I'm doing this by myself. Like, when it comes to the brand, I was the brand. Mm-hmm. So I was the face cooking. I was working. You know what I'm saying? I I didn't handle the business part. I, I cooked. So, yeah. you know, we just decided to go our separate ways and go on our separate ways and me not associating associating myself with those brands and businesses. I just wanted people to know, like, hey, that's not me. You know, mm-hmm. I have people messaging me, hey, I went to Bees Cracking Barbecue in Savannah, man. I ain't been in that place since last year. Like, I don't cook there no more. 
you know. Oh, like, so th those places are still open? No, none of them are open. None of them are open? Oh, nope, okay. none of them. Okay. And so, you know, like, when I walked away, the businesses fell apart. Uh-huh. And to me, that was the best thing that I could do. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so... I just, you know, um, no love lost, though. You know, I feel like everything happened for a reason. You learn a lot of things. Sure. Nothing negative to say on no part, you know. Um, we built that together. We built Billy's Cracking together, um, even though I didn't own ownership to it. So just letting people know, like, you know, um, I don't forget where I come from. I don't forget where I started. I don't forget who was helping me out. So I'm not going to put nobody down. Yeah, yeah. Everything, like you said, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. And, uh, you know, Rodney Scott seeing that silver lining, you know, sometimes you need somebody to, to show you what that silver lining is, you know, or tell you what it is. Um, but, yeah, man, bigger and better things now. So, um, you know, that 2019 kind of now has pushed you into now we're in 2021. You have so many interesting, cool projects coming up. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm excited for you. I, I'm ready for you to come too. out to California, man. That's man. I, that's, I, I, I'm waiting on I hope you. That's man. on the tour. You just got to give me a date and place, and I'm gonna make sure I'm there. Like, yeah. Like I said, I'm getting my trailer built now. I'm getting my trailer built now. So when I come back um, in June, um, I'm trying. I'm gonna be putting that together. So getting the cities, and like I say, you know, like these other black pitmasters I'm bringing out with me. I was explaining to one the other day, like, hey, man, like. I want to make sure you pay, you know, I want to make sure you get your money. Like to me, I had a conversation with a, <laughs> uh, somebody the other day. I said, you know, it's never really been about the money. To me, it's always been about the respect. Like, like once you lose your respect, you can't buy that back. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. And so it's never really been about the money. It's about the respect. And a guy asked me on the phone. He was like, man, I really never heard that quote. Could you kind of like explain a little more to me about that? I was like, most definitely. I was like, Donald Trump, a billionaire, right? Donald Trump worth a lot of money, right? He was like, yep. I was like, do anybody respect him? He was like, nope. I said, exactly. I said, that's what I'm talking about. Like, when these pit masters that are trying to get into the game, a lot of people are keeping them out of getting into it. Because mm -hmm. nobody's there to show them how to get to it. Yeah. So that's why everybody's like, oh, don't get in the barbecue because there's, there, there's no money in it. Well, there's a lot of money in it. You just got to understand what your purpose is and what you're in it for like this ain't no cookie cutter business that you get in and this shit just pop like people come in my restaurant and see everything going on and they're like ah oh, he do this this shit look easy because i always say it's simple <laughs> yeah. so they come in my restaurant see what i'm doing they're like oh he could do this shit i could do it yeah so they understand like i've been building on this since 2000 2009 when i first cooked my first hog so i've been doing this for a minute mm -hmm. i'm just making it look easy yeah and then they, they, oh, I can go do this myself. Yeah. Realizing, nah, bro, it ain't even like that. Like, you got to build a brand. You got to build, you got to, you got to build your brand first. And building your brand is your quality. Like, people behind you, that's where your fans come from. That's where your, that's where your supporters come from. Like, I always thought about this, like, a long time ago. Uh, I listen to a lot of trap music, like Yo Gotti and those guys. And, I remember your Gotti saying this saying back in like 2015, he was like, they're asking us like, what's your five-year plan? And he was like, I mean, you know, five years, I plan to be on top. In five years, he was like, um, I'm doing everything I'm doing with my, my team and my people, my small circle. He was like, 
you ain't seen your Gotti with a label yet. I'm just doing this by myself. Like, you haven't seen me with supporters. You haven't seen me with the backers. You haven't seen me. And look at him now. He with Rock Nation and Jay-Z and worth like 40 mil. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you have to have that mindset to not be thinking about next week. You got to be thinking about the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you got to have a plan in place. And see, that's the thing about me. I always had this plan in place. When I came into the when I came to Atlanta, my plan was always to come to Atlanta, but my plan was always to build takeout spots because the takeout spot in Atlanta in Savannah was killing it. So mm -hmm. it was like, you know what? I got five employees here. I can build all these little takeout spots three days a week, put them in all these different cities. So those, that was my plan was, okay, boom, I got Savannah. I used to live in Atlanta. Boom, I'm going to go open one in Atlanta. Then when Killer Mike came to eat at the restaurant, I kept asking my wife, like, hey, we got to go to Atlanta next. She's like, I ain't want to go to Atlanta. And then Killer Mike come in the restaurant. He's like, hey, bro, you need to bring one of these to Atlanta. So then my wife's like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go to Atlanta. That's why we went to Atlanta, because I had to have somebody else to put that in her head to come. And mm -hmm. when we got to Atlanta, you know, I had, like, sports teams coming at me, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to be there, such and such there. I don't want to be there, because such and such there. I was like, I want to be. And this was 2016. Hey, I say, mm -hmm. I want to be in that Hawks arena. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in that Hawks arena. That's where the money at. And... It's funny, 2017, I started getting scouts from them. I started getting calls from them. We locked the deal in 2018. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. it's just that, that mindset of, like, speaking it into existence mm -hmm. about what you want to do. And then once you get there and once you have that brand, you make decisions. You could tell people, no, I feel like in business, you have billion-dollar billion companies come at you. And it's something I never did. And a lady told me this the other day on the phone. She said, you know, we respect about you and your manager. You ain't been afraid to tell us no. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know what I'm worth. Like, yeah. when you're dealing with somebody that know what they're worth and what, knowing what they bring into the table, people with money respect that. Yep, absolutely. But you thinking, oh, they got all this money. I'm missing out on the opportunity. They won't be knocking at your door if they didn't know what you was worth in the first place. So, you know, you're speaking to me right now, and that's exactly what uh, I'm going through. The the know your worth, man. I, I you know, I was at my company for 21 years, and uh, you know, exactly what you just said, you know, caused me to uh, resign, and I'm moving on to another company after 21 years, which is the scariest thing I've done. You know, my wife and my kids have only known me to work at this company, you know, and. Uh, yeah, you know, but it's recognizing my worth, and and you're exactly right with that, uh, man. You you got you got a little bit. Uh, you probably down the road you're going to be a, a motivational speaker because I'm feeling and I'm feeling inspired just by hearing you talk. No, um, man, like that's 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 big coming from like you. Like I get inspired. I I get more out of somebody telling me I inspired him. Mm -hmm. You know because like. That's my purpose. Yeah. Like you could tell somebody purpose. You could tell somebody purpose. Just, it doesn't matter. It's just meeting them. Like I smell bullshit when I see it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that vibe. It's like the energy you get. Like I've been to so many places and everybody's like, man, it's just something about your energy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the energy you give off. And you don't even realize you give off that energy. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's why I've had like I've been in so many places and chefs or and fine dining restaurants be like, man, I'm gonna quit here to come work for you. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still yeah. in I'm still I'm still in chefs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, oh, now this restaurant ain't gonna like me no more because I'm still in their people and the people coming to me. And so it's just like 
when you're in a situation and my manager put this in my, my, my best friend of 25 years, put this in my head. She said, Brian, she was like, when you're comfortable, you don't change until you're in an uncomfortable setting. Mm-hmm. When you're in an uncomfortable setting, that's growth mm-hmm. because you're doing something that you ain't been doing before. Yeah. Like I wasn't as outspoken before as I am now. Like I didn't used to speak like this. You know, like, it used to be like, oh, man, what I'm going to talk about? You know, I ain't never really been that social guy like that. But it's mm-hmm. like when you, my purpose, meaning when you inspire somebody, that's just as big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that means you're doing something right and other people see it. Yeah. And if, and if I inspire this guy to quit his job and go work at a company, my whole mindset was when I got hurt from a spinal tap in 2013, I was like, man. If I was to die today, I can't leave my kids this company. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I couldn't walk for three months. So when I couldn't walk for three months, that gave me time to jot down what I was trying to do for my business. Mm-hmm. So learning that, I'm doing that in 2013. It's like something I'm doing now. Like, I got a whole journal like this thick of everything I'm doing for Brian from a barbecue. And what I, um, just trying to let people know, like, you don't take that leap, you ain't gonna never find out. Like fear, that should be some shit you don't even worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad told me some stuff. My dad was like, "Hey, you need to stop worrying. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on the day." Mm-hmm. He was like, "You got so much shit going on in your life, you don't even have time to worry." Like he said, "You got so much shit going on, Brian. If something worrying, you go do this right here. There's something to keep you busy. You know what I'm saying?" Mm-hmm. So I had to yeah. learn how to lead on worries and worry about if anybody's doing this. I had to worry about if this person was on my side and like after everything happened, like my brother passed in 2017, that kind of hurt me a lot. You know what I'm saying? Cause I used to tell my brother about this dream and mm-hmm. I used to tell my brother like, Hey bro, like, man, you don't know what I'm building. Like I want you to be down and this happened. And it's kind of like that really, that really messed my mind up because I had nobody else to talk to. Yeah. Only person I had else to talk to me was my best friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to my parents about it because I know they're going through it. You know, so couldn't talk to my kids about it. You know what I'm saying? My daughter's mm-hmm. seen the past. So it's kind of like you have to watch what you say and who you say it to. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's been situations where nobody was there to be like, hey, Brian, how you feel? Hey, Brian, how how you how you putting up with this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then. It feel it, it seemed like everybody can tell when something about to happen because then you start getting all these messages. Hey man, I've been thinking about you. Hey man, this, that, and the third. And I'm saying, thinking, man, I've been burnt down for two goddamn years. Ain't nobody called me and asked me nothing. Yeah. Not needed anything because I already had a support team that was gonna make sure I was okay. Right. Right. And and, and that's something I learned in the restaurant business and working in the restaurant and gave me a whole different mindset as I bring the business back. Is I used to look at employees and be like, you gotta work like me. Like. If I tell you something a couple times, you should be able to do it. But I have to think everybody ain't got a mindset like me. Everybody don't catch on like me. Mm-hmm. And so I have exactly. to be in my restaurant expecting them to bust their ass and they don't own it. Right. They here for a paycheck. Right. Right. So once I started to realize that, it was like, okay, bringing in Brian Furman, you know, finding out who are the real people who who are worth it, bring in partners, bring in let people be owners. Bring in these guys and give them goals. And that's what my dad's spectacular at, setting goals. And I'm bringing my dad into my business. You know, my mom's taking over all my sides. 
I ain't touching the wow. side. My mom's going to wow. be on sides. My aunt is moving from Charlotte to help with the business. My aunt used to run um, bit restaurants in um, Charlotte and was mm-hmm. a beast at it. So she's coming to help with it. It's like I'm bringing that, that support team, that family, and Brian Furman because everything that Brian Furman pushes out is stuff Brian Furman learned from his family. Yeah, that that brings me to to that. That's a good segue to the next question that I had is what what does the new Brian Furman look like? What I know you have some things that you can't really talk about yet, but what what is uh, what's it going to look like? And, the new spot? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I haven't gave up the. It's gone. Okay, so when I talked to my people, I just told them I wanted to look like. Um, a South Carolina rib joint. Like I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to look like me. I wanted to represent me, how I cook my food. Um, and I'm in a community. So I wanted to blend in with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe they're going to do a killer job on it. So I haven't had the drawings set out yet because, you know, I was waiting for everything to go through and close. Uh-huh. So, um, so that's coming up soon, and that's why I wanted to give you the information soon. <laughs> uh, once I knew everything was a deal, <laughs> um, and you know, and keep my word, you know. Um, yeah. And so that's what the new place is going to look like. Um, like I said, I'll be back on the west side of Atlanta on Bolton Road, um, and I mean, everybody's gonna gonna love it. I've dropped my menu down. Like I always believed in a couple items, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a lot of control over the last menu. This time, I don't want to have no more than 13 items. And I want to give them Brian Furman. Like, what I learned, what I had, I want them to understand my mama, the influence my mom put on me. Mm-hmm. I having a strong black woman teaching me everything and being ambitious. And I look, we, was up, we was out of state this uh, past weekend, and this guy asked me, my mom, he's like, what your name means? And my mom was like, I never even thought it. She was like, I was named after my... Uh, my grandmother. And um, he said, what's your name? And she said, Almeida. So I went, I typed it up. I was like, I'm about to look it up. And it was like, Almeida. And I was like, ambitious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, ambitious. And my mom bust out laughing. And then he's like, what's your name? And I was like, Brian. And then I went and it was like, noble. And I was like, ambitious and noble. And my, I told my mom, I was like, see, I get that from her. You know? Yeah. Like, not letting nobody stop me. I remember my mom was training because my mom was a beast in softball. And she used to tell me when she was training me, she used to say, all right, now I ain't coming to these games and you're going to be looking like shit out here. <laughs> she was like, if I come out here and you're sorry, I'm leaving. You know, so she would have me in the bat cage every week, you know. And so that was my dream to be a, a major league baseball player. So that's yeah. why in the neighborhood, I sponsored a softball team. The bees, mm-hmm. It was the bees cracking bats. That's why I sponsored the softball team. Because, you know, that's something that I grew up doing. And so coming back into this to this prime firm area, like getting on, getting my habits together, working out, you know, I was like, I got to act like I'm playing baseball. I got to look at this like I'm playing sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to train my body into this like I'm playing sports, like working out every day, hiring a personal trainer, making sure my body's in shape. Yeah. Because I got to get ready because it's about to be some heavy shit going on. So. You're in training camp right now. Yeah, man, I'm in training camp right now. So, <laughs> you know, I was in training camp, so it's training camp going on right now. But no, nah, man, it's just I'm just glad to be back and let the people know I'm back. And 
appreciate all the support I had over the years, all the support that I've been getting, even though I haven't been in anything and I'm glad I haven't been in anything. Um, you know, all the pit masters and um, in Atlanta and Austin, Texas that support me, you know, like I got so much support. It's crazy. And like Pat Martin, who's been a mentor to me, you know, um, John Hare from Jim and Nick's, who's been a mentor to me. Wayne Mueller, who's been a mentor to me. Like Rodney Scott's been a mentor to me. Like Sam Jones. Sam Jones, the one who used to be like, hey, man, you need to get around here. Because when, when he noticed we used to do these events, I kind of just stay to myself, you know, because I'm looking at me like I'm the new kid on the block. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't even doing this like these guys right here. And um, Sam Jones, like, hey, Brian, man, he was like, you got to walk around, man, introduce yourself to people. And, you know, when we go out, you need to go out with us. And, you know, and, and um, I remember I started doing this. So when that King of Georgia barbecue thing came out, uh, Harrison Sapp and Southern Soul Barbecue, I love them guys, uh, Griff and, Southern, and uh, Harrison, he was like, uh, when I got down there, they had went to Burger King and had all these damn uh, Burger King hats <laughs> on my table because uh, they had called me that King of Georgia barbecue. And I was like... <laughs> See this, like these dudes, and they I look, I turn around, they had like 30, 30 of those little Happy Meal cat, hats that you get from Burger King, the little King hats. They had like yeah, yeah. on my table at my at my table at my event, and I'm like, oh, so these guys got jokes. So then <laughs> I grabbed the hat, I grabbed the hat. I was like, it was BJ Dennis sitting there, standing there next to me. I grabbed the hat and I put the hat on, and I like ball my hands. I was like, since they want to make a joke, we're gonna make it real. <laughs> so I took the hat. And, uh, but awesome. nah, man, like those guys and a lot of people have reached out to me, you know, um, but I don't need help. You know, I'm resilient. I mean, like I've been through these situations before. Um, I think when we was down in Houston, Texas, and I, and I think I met you, you was at the Houston event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even get to cook the food. I was upset. Me and Leo got to get up. Leo Batelli, man, from Truth, I, me and him got to catch up because I told him like once everything got situated that I was going to come down there and do an event with him. Because when I came to Houston, I didn't get to cook. Yeah. And I was disappointed because I had another event. And so I flew in from an event. And when I pulled up to the event, all I seen was all those cars out there. And I had to have a couple shots before I even could walk out there and talk to the people. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting here drinking coffee. I'm sitting here drinking coffee now. And, I ain't, and I'm just talking. You know what I'm saying? So it was funny that uh, when I got there, I just said, you know, I really appreciate y'all. But, you know, this is for my employees. Yeah. Because... I had insurance. Mm -hmm. My first restaurant, I didn't have insurance, so I had to get on the road and do pop-ups. And in three months, I was ready to reopen bees when it burnt down. What happened was, I, when I did that, that was for my employees. Yeah, because you know, my employees were out of work. I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? So when I when I spoke that, I remember Chris Shepard. He came back over there to me. Um, and he's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. And he was like, Brian Furman. He was like. I want to give you this check. He was like, because you give a fuck about your people. And he just gave me a check off the strength of just me saying, you know, like, this ain't for me. Like, this is for my employees. Yeah. Because yeah. in the industry, a lot of times people don't look out for their employees. And to me, that's an investment. Like, your yeah. employees are an investment. Like, so many times I've got people out of trouble and, yeah, I don't need that money back. Like, I need you here. Do I need you in court or do I need you here? I pay your fee so you can have your ass at work. Like, because if <laughs> you ain't here, I'm going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's just, I think when people look at business and 
They want to understand like where the relationship come from and like how my relationship with my employees, how my relationship with is with anybody is, you know, just be yourself. Yeah. You don't have to fake, you don't have to lie, you just just be authentic. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't I ain't changed who I am. I'm still the same dude, you know? Still, still the same Brian Furman, baby, but same new and improved 2.0 now. Man, I got to keep my promise to my grandma, man. She told me don't change, so I can't do that. <laughs> so what? what's the projected uh, opening date for the new restaurant? And um, do, are you uh, going to do Friday through Sunday again? Do you have any idea of... Uh... Well, well, Friday through Sunday was my Atlanta location, was my Savannah location when I first started. And I didn't want to uh-huh. overwork myself. And being from South Carolina and doing those things, it was kind of like... Ain't no bar, not no good barbecue joint in South Carolina. Like where I grew up eating Campbell's, I, I grew up eating Campbell's. Miss Ruth and her husband, uh, Flores, like that's where I got my whole hall barbecue from. Mm-hmm. I still go see them to this day. Like, and that's something I feel like a lot of people don't give the old black barbecue joints like the respect or speak of those people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's. That's the ancestors that put put it down the road for me. That's the path that me growing up eating Miss Ruth and them barbecue and her husband, he working through the day, but then on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he's cooking whole hogs. And like he would work and then come back. And after he come back, he's starting back working again. And you know, now he's at that age. He's at that age where he can't work anymore, but he's still doing it. So I just feel like all the old black barbecue joints who's not getting no respect or, you know, getting their names even shot out out there. Like, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, when I, when I was growing up, I grew up in Abilene, Texas, West Texas. You know, growing up in the late 80s, 90s, for me, like, if there wasn't a black guy in the pits making the barbecue, it wasn't, like, it wasn't barbecue. Like, there was this place that I grew up with called Harold's Barbecue. Mm-hmm. And um, the building's still there. It's awesome. Um, but he used to sing church hymns in mm-hmm. the dining hall. And like, uh, if you look him up on YouTube, Harold's Barbecue, um, you'll see him singing, you know, uh, like, amen. And like, man, it was just, it was incredible. And and to me, that's that's what gave me this love of barbecue and, and, and community. Then this crazy you know, big craze of, of craft barbecue and all of this came out and, and Franklin barbecue and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, kind of reignited a lot of that, um, Mm -hmm. love of barbecue, uh, for me, but yeah, man, that's, that's how I grew up. And you're right. You know, the, these old places that, uh, kind of laid the foundation are, are the ones that really deserve a lot of the respect. And I'm glad you do that. Yeah. Man, I, I just like I said, man, I never gave myself a name. I never even gave myself a title of pitmaster. Like there's so many that's been doing it way before me. And yeah. just to be able to keep it going. And even though I look at myself a lot of times more of as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, more Yeah, because you even hate being called chef, right? Yeah, man. You know, Howard Collins told me I need to entice that name for like Pitmaster and Chef. I was doing this show last year for the Spirits Network. And he was just saying, like, yo, I contacted him. I was like, hey, man, they want to call me chef, man. I ain't into that, you know, like. And he was like, just think about all the old black pitmasters 
and chefs that was working in those kitchens mm-hmm. and was owned by white owned businesses and they never got the title. Mm-hmm. The owner got the title. And he was like, so I, I did a big write up on that on my um, on my uh, IG page. Um, I had a, a I had this cutting board. My ex-wife bought me and it had Chef Brian Furman. I was like, why you get me some shit with Chef on it? Like, why you why you do that? I think she did it despite me. But <laughs> I hadn't pulled that cutting board out since I did like this, like this uh, an event like a year or two ago. And I pulled it out and I was doing a brisket for an event. And I was seasoning it and I put it on the on the cutting board and I wrote a long story up of what Howard Kynes told me to do. And I did it, you know, because Howard Kynes knows his history. Um, and we both South Carolina brothers, like we both from South Carolina. Um, just like my boy Elliot Moss, Florence, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Elliot to death, like we like brothers. And it's just- Cool thing. guy, yeah, such a yeah, cool, cool guy. Yeah, cool dude, cool to another side of the pillow. Like, that's the people mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I mean, like, like they say, real recognize real, you know? And, mm-hmm. and those relationships that you, those relationships that I've I've gained and the friends that I've gained in multiple cities, like I remember when I came to Houston, Texas, me and that night, me and Elliot was in the back and I was mm-hmm. crying because I was telling Elliot, I was like, bro, you remember me and used to be talking? And we used to be like, damn, Texas don't recognize us. Mm-hmm. I was like, Texas, Texas don't, you know what I'm saying? Texas don't recognize us. And Elliot was like, yeah. And I was like, bro, look at us now. We out here in fucking Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, you out here cooking in Texas. And he just bust out laughing. I was like, we out here in Texas. We South Carolina boys out here in Texas. So it's just like, and I, I done been to Texas how many times now? Four, five times cooking? And <laughs> Daniel Vaughn and Robert Jacob Lerner and just the connections that I made, I've learned not to burn bridges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like You definitely don't burn a bridge in this kind of business, this kind of situation. Like, you never forget the hand that pulled you up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And same right. thing with Wayne, with Wayne Mueller. When I first went, met Wayne in 2016, Brown Water Society, never met Wayne a day in my life. Didn't even know nothing about them B-short ribs. Mm-hmm. But I gave him a T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Him and his, his friend, I gave him a T-shirt. And when I went down to Texas to talk to Wayne, he was like, that's who made me change my, my brisket to prime. And, um, and I told him about that. And I always give that credit. Wayne taught me about how to make beef short ribs, mm-hmm. but I never put them on my menu because that's not what I do. I was mm-hmm. doing an event and um, Wayne told me, he said, uh, I called him and I was like, hey, uh, I'm in town. He was like, it's Brian. I was like, yeah. He was like, you kept my number. I'm like, why the hell I get rid of your number? You know what I'm saying? He was like, that was almost two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Come, come to the restaurant. So he gave me a whole tour. He's the first person I really ever ate brisket because I don't like eating brisket. So mm-hmm. I ate his brisket and it was like, I was like, whoa, like this is the best brisket I ever ate. Like he the godfather. And, <laughs> and when I talked to him, he gave me a lot of recent, um, history of Texas barbecue and it gave me a different respect for him. And he was just like, man, he was like, man, you got to put in there. There's something else, Wayne. I'm putting Wayne on the spot. When this COVID is over with, back in 2017 in December, you told me, man, you was going to do an event at your spot where I cooked a whole hog and he cooked his stuff and I'm still waiting on that. So I'm putting <laughs> spot in Make sure Wayne get this. But no, nah, man, like, um, it's just like, like those type of things. And 
uh, me, Daniel Vaughn, and Matt Horn, we all were at Leo's house that night. And I was like, yeah, uh, Wayne taught me how to cook his beef with short ribs. And Leo looked at me, he was like, what? <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. He gave me the recipe, and he told me how to cook them. He was like, he ain't give us that shit. I was like, hey, like, I don't know what it is, but he gave it to me. I said, but I don't have it on my menu. I'm not using it. Mm-hmm. But for me to be able to sit here today and say, I learned this from Wayne. I learned this from Rodney. Like it's been plenty of times I called Rodney about business. Pat Martin helping me out so much. Like that's why I say there's no race to it when I'm really when when you deal with barbecue as a community. Mm-hmm. You know, Carrie, um Tuffy. Tuffy Stone, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like making those connections and just like, you know, making this connection with you on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just a brotherhood. Yeah, I know Danny Castillo definitely like he he shot me a message yesterday. He's like, man, I was talking to, to Brian like about doing the show, and I'm like, man, we need to get him up out here. He's like, dude, I already told him he's he's welcome to come out here, dude. Danny's crushing it right now. Um, it, I'm so proud of him and and Brenda, and they're mm-hmm. just uh, doing a, an incredible job. They have so many. Uh, it, it's a cool spot. Can't wait to to host you out yeah, here man. but uh well me yeah, and my I know dad, most- I'm, I'm gonna do that like i said i'm getting this trailer built up yeah. in Nashville right now and once it get done and i have it health inspected and everything um me and my dad are gonna get on the road and come out there yeah yeah man for let, sure just let me know man i'll let you know um yeah we'll give you we'll, once you give us uh uh some dates that you're available mm-hmm. then we'll um we'll make we'll make it work man okay perfect I really enjoy, you know, um, I don't do this a lot. I don't talk a lot on these things like this, but like this whole time I've been in this, this industry, I've, I've got, I've been showed and supported love and all I do is try to pass it on to others. And yeah. it's, it's others, it's others, you know, decide decision if they're going to show somebody else. And mm-hmm. this time around with me and the knowledge that I have, I feel like it's more valuable for me to give that knowledge to somebody else who can use it. Mm-hmm. But I'm the type of person I, I only want to give it to people that got a passion for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Because other than that, I'll be wasting my time, and I ain't really got time to waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Any any um, insight on the tour of any spots that you're planning on hitting for sure? Well, um, I've already talked to New York. Um, possibly hitting uh, Miami. Um, hey. I'm gonna reach out to my people. My dad's from Miami, so okay. Um, you know, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan too, so. <laughs> uh, I and gotta, you guys are making a comeback, man. Oh yeah, man. I gotta do Charlotte. Yeah. You know, I gotta do Atlanta. I gotta do Nashville. I gotta do Louisiana, New Orleans. I gotta do Texas. I gotta do where you at in LA. Yeah, LA. Gotta come. You know what? Moosecraft Moosecraft Barbecue is going to be open by the time you get out here too. So we'll have Moosecraft. We'll have, um, you know, we'll have a a heritage, and you know, we can we can hang out with with Bert as well too. So, oh yeah, yeah, man. man. All those all those guys, man. Bert love that. They all show with Moosecraft. Like that's something. Like man, it's just kind of it's just kind of like man. I don't want none of those guys to ever think that. I recognize the support and everything that they gave me, and I just want to do the same thing back. So yeah. it's just me coming to Moose Crab. It's just me coming somewhere 
to cook to give back my support and love to the love that they showed and supported me, I want to get that back. You know, um, yeah. other than that, I mean, just one of all the up and coming Black Pit Masters, you know, ones that's doing their thing, Matt Horn, Phillips Barbecue, um, you know, Rod. Alan Michael. You seen Alan, Alan, Alan Michael Jackson over, uh, he worked at uh, uh, Brotherton's, um, John Brotherton's place in, in Austin. Um, he's just starting to do uh, pop-ups and whatnot. He broke off of uh, John Brotherton's. They're still really good pals, but yeah. I'm going to have him on the show here pretty soon, too. So, Great. Yeah, yeah, man. You're, yeah, you're, people you're, shouldn't get, you know what, man? People shouldn't get mad from that. Like, yeah. I always looked at it like, if somebody came to my restaurant and learned something from me and they go open something, that just shows how good I am. Yeah, absolutely, because, man. Like, that mean like, that's like, I always, that's why I believe in giving because when you give, you get, you receive. Uh, yeah. So it's the same thing when it comes to that. Like, when it comes to business, man, if somebody want to go, let them go. Yeah. You no? Know? I, I like that saying, and you, you, you paraphrased it earlier, but, um, you know, never look down on a man unless you're helping him up. You know, yep. and if you're helping them up, hey man, that's that's all there is to it, you know. So, yeah. but man, I, I slavery is over. Yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate you hopping on. One of the things that I like to ask all of my guests before I sign off is, and you've already shared a lot of good good stuff with us, but I like to ask, can you tell us something about you that maybe a, most people don't know about you? I heard birds in the background. <laughs> oh man, that's that's my daughter. That's my daughter bird. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's my daughter bird. Man. She's in Louisiana. I go pick her up uh, Friday. Uh, like I said, I have epilepsy, so like I had a I had an accident back in February. A lot of people don't know about because I don't tell my business like that. But I had an accident, and so I can't drive for six months because I had a seizure. You know, so I have to go fly and pick her up, and then we flying out to Orlando. And and that also gave me like a different perspective on things because my dad was like, boy, you, you lucky you shouldn't be here right now. So that kind of like calmed me down a lot more and that just made me look at life different. Um, but what people don't know about me with with me, like I'm just I'm not I'm not a judgmental type person. I don't look down on anybody. You know, um, I don't think I definitely don't think I'm better than nobody. But I'm just, you know, like. I'm just me. It's like it's kind of hard to really explain who I am, like because what I. What you see, what you see is what you get for yeah, sure with you. Yeah. yeah. What you see is what you get, and it ain't bad. It ain't always yeah. all bad. You know, it could be bad, but it ain't always all bad. Well, sometimes you text with people, you know, or you talk to them on the phone, and then you meet them in real life, and they're totally different. You know, there's awkwardness. Um, but when I met you after chatting with you, you know, texting with you and whatnot, man, I felt like I'd known you forever. And I think, <laughs> I think people get that feeling with you and that's why you're so loved by your, by your community and your family and everything. So, yeah, man. um, do, do what your grandma said, you know, don't ever change. Always be you, man. Yep. Never <laughs> change, man. Never change. But I mean, like I said, other, like Pat Martin's calling me now. Look at that. Uh Oh, Look, <laughs> wow that's awesome that's great man. but no so it's just it's just a, just a couple like just like i i never used to be as talkative but i always believe in teaching yeah yeah and, and i believe like 
not only me wanting to teach younger people, I want to teach everybody. Yeah. And like I said, like, it's just so much more than I'm giving this time around that people never got from me before. So they, they'll figure out a lot more about me and where my mindset, like I say, like, I have a lot of non, like when I'm doing events this time, I have a lot of nonprofits. I'm, I want them to donate their money to where well, I don't want the money. I want you to donate that money somewhere else because there's a lot of handicapped foundations. Um, a friend of mine's Terry, this is one of the number one found um, nonprofits down in Savannah, Georgia. It's called Wildcat Savannah. Um, Terry McCoy owns it. And Terry introduced me some, to some important people. And once he started his foundation, it was for the younger kids in Savannah who, in poverty, who's in the street. Savannah is very like, like New Orleans. They're, they're just alike. And the, the kids have no outing. They have nowhere to go. So they have nothing but do but be in the streets. Mm-hmm. But the families can't afford to pay for their uniforms. Families can't afford to pay for that. So the kids have nothing to do. So Terry came up with this idea where he has this nonprofit and he's teaching kids football, basketball, and the money goes to buying uniforms for like ages five to 12 and until they get to high school. But it's so those kids already have a uniform to play football and their parents don't have to pay for it. Ah, oh, that's great. And it keeps the kids out of trouble. So there's a lot more. There's a, a lot. There's a couple more nonprofits I'm going to speak on. But to me, like I say, I'm always about giving back. And so yeah. to me, it's more important than... I get the respect off that compared to somebody putting money in my pocket. Like they, they appreciate that a lot more than I would, you know, and my, I, I grew up playing sports. So that's where it kind of like hit home to me a little bit. Cause I know how it is playing sports. Yep. As a kid. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate again, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, um, man. I wish you nothing but the best. We will definitely, uh, be in touch. I'm excited to see some of these other things that'll drop here pretty soon. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, hit me up if. Uh, uh, well, we'll be in touch, and we'll get you. We'll get you out here soon. And uh, man, uh, hopefully, whenever you get going and everything, maybe I'll plan a trip and come and see you at at, uh, at the new restaurant too. Yeah, man, I I get you out here. <laughs> I get you out here, man. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do some work, man. I mean, like this ain't gonna be the last one we do together. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I, I see you and your family and pictures and stuff all the time. I'm telling you, man, I feel like, I feel like we know each other. I feel like we're family. You got a beautiful family there, man. man. You got a good heart and I uh, wish you nothing but the best, my friend. Oh man. I, I, I appreciate that. Like I said, that's something I learned. Like families, you got not all family, but you got family that's going to be there. And those are the family that you take care of. Mm-hmm. It's more about being happy and yes, sure. doing things with your family than letting a business or money get you happy. It's kind of like you have you had a happy time with them. Mm-hmm. Like, don't forget about your family. I, I realized in the beginning of working, I put a lot of my time in my business and all I thought about are my kids, my kids, my kids. I'm building this for my kids. But as time was going away, I wasn't giving my kids enough time. Mm-hmm. So the fathers out there who don't, who haven't done that and are doing that, you know, you got daughters, especially I got a 12-year-old daughter, so I try to spend as much, Ilya, my best friend, she's like, Brian, you got to spend as much time with your daughter as possible because she's going through that age, you know. And mm-hmm. so I try to spend as much time as possible with my daughter just from the knowledge that my best friend's telling me who's a female. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. And so 
just spending that time with them kids and spending that time with your mom and dad because you don't know when the last time you're going to see them. And so, you know, you don't want to regret it later. So I, I felt like this this whole process slowed me down. It slowed me down to, for a good reason. And I'm going to keep this pace moving forward. All right, man. Hey. It was great, brother. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate I it. it. I could have talked. I could have talked another hour, man. But we'll do that when we see each other in person. <laughs> For sure, man. <laughs> I'm getting my sure. vaccination, so I'll be backed up when I come out there. Hey, I already got mine. Well, let's, I'm ready. I'm ready to party. I'm behind. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> like I said, I'm behind the ball, man. I'm, I'm I'm behind, so I need to catch up. All right. As always, thank you for tuning in to the I Crush Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show, please help us reach more listeners by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite listening app. Subscribe to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok at I Crush BBQ Show. Or you can just email me at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cube.